0: Section 32 of Manners, Customs, and Dress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Donna Stewart. Manners, Customs, and Dress During the Middle Ages and During the Renaissance Period. By Paul Lacroix. Section 32. Ceremonials. Origin of modern ceremonial. Uncertainty of French ceremonial up to the end of the 16th century. Consecration of the kings of France. Coronation of the emperors of Germany. Consecration of the doges of Venice. Marriage of the doge with the sea. State entries of sovereigns. An account of the entry of Isabella of Bavaria into Paris. Seats of justice. Visits of ceremony between persons of rank, mourning, social courtesies, popular demonstrations and national commemorations, New Year's Day, local festivals, vin d'honneur, processions of trades. Although society during the Middle Ages was as a whole closely cemented together, being animated by the same sentiments and imbued with the same spirit, it was divided as we have already stated into three great classes namely the clergy the nobility and the lire etat these classes each of which formed a distinct body within the state carried on an existence peculiar to itself and presented in its collective capacity a separate individuality hence there was a distinct ceremonial for each class we will not attempt to give in detail the innumerable laws of these three kinds of ceremonial our attention will be directed solely to their most characteristic customs and to their most remarkable and interesting aspects taken as a whole we must altogether lay aside matters relating specially to ceremonies of a purely religious character as they are connected more or less with the traditions and customs of the church and belong to a quite distinct order of things When the Germans, and especially the Franks, says the learned paleographer Vallette de Verville, had succeeded in establishing their own rule in place of that of the Romans, these almost savage nations and the barbarian chiefs who were at their head under the title of kings, necessarily borrowed more or less the refined practices relating to the ceremonial possessed by the people whom they had conquered the elevation of the elected chief or king on the shield and the solemn taking of arms in the midst of the tribe seem to be the only traces of public ceremonies which we can discover among the germans the marvellous display and the imposing splendour of the political hierarchy of the roman empire especially in its outward arrangements must have astonished the minds of these uncultivated people Thus we find the Frank kings becoming immediately, after a victory, the simple and clumsy imitators of the civilization which they had broken up. Clovis, on returning to Tours in 507, having defeated Alaric, received the titles of patrician and consul from the emperor Anastasius, and bedecked himself with the purple, the claimies, and the diadem the same principle of imitation was afterwards exhibited in the internal and external court ceremonial in proportion as it became developed in the royal person charlemagne who aimed at everything which could adorn and add strength to a new monarchy established a regular method for the general and special administration of his empire as also for the internal arrangement and discipline of his palace we have already referred to this twofold organization see chapters on private life and on food but we may here remark that notwithstanding these ancient tendencies to the creation of a fixed ceremonial the trifling rules which made etiquette a science and a law were introduced by degrees and have only very recently been established amongst us in thirteen eighty five when king charles the sixth married the notorious Isabel of Bavaria, then scarcely fourteen years of age, he desired to arrange for her a magnificent entry into Paris, the pomp and brilliancy of which should be consistent with the rank and illustrious descent of his young bride. He therefore begged the old Queen Blanche, widow of Philip de Valois, to preside over the ceremony, and to have it conducted according to the custom of the olden times." she was consequently obliged in the absence of any fixed rules on the subject to consult the official records that is to say the chronique du monastere de st denis the first embodiment of rules relating to these matters in use among the nobility which had appeared in france under the title of honneur de la coeur only goes back to the end of the fifteenth century it appears however that even then this was not generally admitted among the nobility as the basis of ceremonial for in fifteen forty eight we find that nothing had been definitely settled this is evident from the fact that when king henry the third desired to know the rank and order of precedence of the princes of the royal blood both dukes and counts as also that of the other princes the barons the nobles of the kingdom the constables the marshals of france and the admirals and what position they had held on great public occasions during the reigns of his predecessors he commissioned jean de Talette, the civil registrar of the parliament of paris to search among the royal archives for the various authentic documents which might throw light on this question and serve as a precedent for the future in fact it was henry the who in fifteen eighty five created the office of grand master of the ceremonies of france entrusting it to guillaume po a noble of rhodes which office for many generations remained hereditary in his family nevertheless the question of ceremonial especially that of precedence had already more than once occupied the attention of sovereigns not only within their own states but also in relation to diplomatic matters the meetings of councils at which the ambassadors of all the Christian powers with the delegates of the Catholic Church were assembled, did not fail to bring this subject up for decision. Pope Julius II, in 1504, instructed Pierre de Crassy, his master of the ceremonies, to publish a decree determining the rank to be taken by the various sovereigns of Europe or by their representatives. But we should add that this papal decree never received the sanction of the parties interested, and that the question of precedence even at the most unimportant public ceremonies was during the whole of the middle ages a perpetual source of litigation in courts of law and of quarrels which too often ended in bloodshed it is right that we should place at the head of political ceremonies those having reference to the coronation of sovereigns which were not only political, but owed their supreme importance and dignity to the necessary intervention of ecclesiastical authority. We will therefore first speak of the consecration and coronation of the kings of France. Pepin le Bref, son of Charles Martel and founder of the Second Dynasty, was the first of the French kings who was consecrated by the religious rite of anointing but its mode of administration for a long period underwent numerous changes before becoming established by a definite law thus pepin after having been first consecrated in 752 in the cathedral of boisson by the archbishop of mayence was again consecrated with his two sons charlemagne and Carloman, in 753 in the abbey of st denis by pope stephen the third Charlemagne was twice anointed by the sovereign pontiff, first as King of Lombardy, and then as Emperor. Louis le Débonnaire, his immediate successor, was consecrated at Rheims by Pope Stephen IV in 816. In 877, Louis de Begu received unction and the sceptre at Compiègne at the hands of the Archbishop of Rheims charles the simple in eighteen ninety three and robert i in nine twenty two were consecrated and crowned at rheims but the coronation of raoul in nine twenty three was celebrated in the abbey of st medard de soissons and that of louis du in nine thirty six at laon from the accession of king lothaire to that of louis the sixth called le gros the consecration of the kings of france sometimes took place in the metropolitan church of rheims and sometimes in other churches but more frequently in the former louis the sixth having been consecrated in the cathedral of orleans the clergy of rheims appealed against this supposed infraction of custom and their own special privileges a long discussion took place in which were brought forward the titles which the church of rheims possessed subsequently to the reign of clovis to the exclusive honour of having kings consecrated in it and king louis le jeune son of louis le gros who was himself consecrated at rheims promulgated a special decree on this question in anticipation of the consecration of his son philip auguste this decree finally settled the rights of this ancient church and at the same time defined the order which was to be observed in future at the ceremony of consecration from that date down to the end of the reign of the bourbons of the elder line kings were invariably consecrated according to legal right in the metropolitan church of rheims with the exception of henry the fourth who was crowned at Chartres by the bishop of that town on account of the civil wars which then divided his kingdom and caused the gates of rheims to be closed against him the consecration of the kings of france always took place on a sunday on the previous day at the conclusion of evening prayers the custody of the cathedral devolved upon certain royal officers assisted by the ordinary officials during the evening the monarch came to the church for devotion and according to his religious feelings to pass part of the night in prayer an act which was called l'abbaye des armes a large platform surmounted by a throne was erected between the chancel and the great nave. upon this assembled besides the king and his officers of state twelve ecclesiastical peers together with those prelates whom the king might be pleased to invite and six lay peers with other officers or nobles at daybreak the king sent a deputation of barons to the abbey of st remy for the holy vial which was a small glass vessel called ampoule from the latin word ampulla, containing the holy oil to be used at the royal anointing according to tradition this vial was brought from heaven by a dove at the time of the consecration of clovis four of the nobles remained as hostages at the abbey during the time that the abbot of st remy followed by his monks and escorted by barons went in procession to the cathedral to place the sacred vessel upon the altar the abbot of st denis in france had in a similar manner to bring from rheims with great pomp and deposit by the side of the holy vial the royal insignia which were kept in the treasury of his monastery and had been there since the reign of charlemagne they consisted of the crown The sword sheathed, the golden spurs, the gilt sceptre, the rod adorned with an ivory handle in the form of a hand, the sandals of pure silk embroidered with fleur-de-lis, the chasuble or dalmatique, and the circle or royal mantle in the shape of a cape without a hood. The king, immediately on rising from his bed, entered the cathedral and forthwith took oath to maintain the Catholic faith and the privileges of the Church and to dispense good and impartial justice on his subjects he then walked to the foot of the altar and divested himself of part of his dress having his head bare and wearing a tunic with openings on the chest on the shoulders at the elbows and in the middle of the back these openings were closed by means of silver agulets the bishop of rheims then drew the sword from the scabbard and handed it to the king who passed it to the principal officer in attendance the prelate then proceeded with the religious part of the ceremony of consecration and taking a drop of the miraculous oil out of the holy vial by means of a gold needle he mixed it with a holy oil from his own church this being done and sitting in the posture of consecration he anointed the king who was kneeling before him in five different parts of the body namely on the forehead on the breast on the back on the shoulders and on the joints of the arms after this the king rose up and with the assistance of his officers put on his royal robes the archbishop handed to him successively the ring the sceptre and the rod of justice and lastly placed the crown on his head at this moment the twelve peers formed themselves into a group the lay peers being in the first rank immediately around the sovereign and raising their hands to the crown they held it for a moment and then they conducted the king to the throne the consecrating prelate putting down his mitre then knelt at the feet of the monarch and took the oath of allegiance his example being followed by the other peers and their vassals who were in attendance at the same time the cry of vive le roi uttered by the archbishop was repeated three times outside the cathedral by the heralds-at-arms who shouted it to the assembled multitude the latter replied noel 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 and scrambled for the small pieces of money thrown to them by the officers who at the same time cried out largesse largesse au manon every part of this ceremony was accompanied by benedictions and prayers the form of which was read out of the consecration service as ordered by the bishop and the proceedings terminated by the return of the civil and religious procession which had composed the cortege when the sovereign was married his wife participated with him in the honours of the consecration the symbolical investiture and the coronation but she only partook of the homage rendered to the king to a limited degree which was meant to imply that the queen had a less extended authority and a less exalted rank the ceremonies which accompanied the accessions of the emperors of germany are equally interesting and were settled by a decree which the emperor charles the ninth promulgated in thirteen fifty six at the diet of nuremberg according to the terms of this decree which is still preserved among the archives of Frankfurt on the main and which is known as the bull d'or or or golden bull from the fact of its bearing a seal of pure gold on the death of an emperor the archbishop of mayence summoned for an appointed day the prince electors of the empire who during the whole course of the middle ages remained seven in number in honour says the bull of the seven candlesticks mentioned in the apocalypse these electors who occupied the same position near the emperor that the twelve peers did in relation to the king of france were the archbishops of mayence of treves and of cologne the king of bohemia the count palatine of the rhine the duke of saxony and the margrave of brandenburg on the appointed day the mass of the holy spirit was duly solemnized in the church of st bartholomew of Frankfurt a town in which not only the election of the emperor but also his coronation almost always took place though one might have supposed that Is-la chapelle would have been selected for such ceremonies the electors attended and after the service was concluded they retired to the sacristy of the church accompanied by their officers and secretaries they had thirty days for deliberation but beyond that period they were not allowed to eat bread or drink water until they had agreed at least by a majority to give a temporal chief to the christian people that is to say a king of the romans who should in due time be promoted to emperor the newly elected prince was in fact at first simply king of the romans and this title was often borne by persons who were merely nominated for the office by the voice of the electors, or by political combinations. In order to be promoted to the full measure of power and authority, the king of the Romans had to receive both religious consecration and the crown. The ceremonies adopted at this solemnity were very analogous to those used at the consecrations of the kings of France, as well as to those of installation of all Christian princes. The service was celebrated by the Archbishop of Cologne, who placed the crown on the head of the sovereign-elect whom he consecrated emperor the symbols of his authority were handed to him by the electors and then he was proclaimed caesar most sacred ever august majesty emperor of the holy roman empire of the nation of germany the imperial cortege then came out from the church of st bartholomew and went through the town halting at the town hall called the romer in commemoration of the noble name of rome where a splendid banquet prepared in the kaisersaal hall of the caesars awaited the principal performers in this august ceremony at the moment that the emperor set foot on the threshold of the romer the elector of saxony chief marshal of the empire on horseback galloped at full speed toward a heap of oats which was piled up in the middle of the square. Holding in one hand a silver measure, and in the other a scraper of the same metal, each of which weighed six marks, he filled the measure with oats, leveled it with the scraper, and handed it over to the hereditary marshal. The rest of the heap was noisily scrambled for by the people who had been witnesses of this allegorical performance. Then the Count Palatine, as Chief Seneschal, proceeded to perform his part in the ceremony, which consisted of placing before the emperor, who was sitting at table, four silver dishes, each weighing three marks. The king of Bohemia, as chief butler, handed to the monarch wine and water in a silver cup weighing twelve marks, and then the margrave of Magdeburg presented to him a silver basin of the same weight for washing his hands the other three electors or arch-chancellors provided at their own expense the silver baton weighing twelve marks suspended to which one of them carried the seals of the empire lastly the emperor and with him the empress if he was married the princes and the electors sat down to a banquet at separate tables and were waited upon by their respective officers on another table or stage were placed the imperial insignia The ceremony was concluded outside by public rejoicings. Fountains were set to play, wine, beer, and other beverages were distributed, gigantic bonfires were made, at which whole oxen were roasted, refreshment tables were set out in the open air, at which anyone might sit down and partake, and, in a word, every bounty as well as every amusement was provided. In this way, for centuries, public fetes were celebrated on these occasions the doges of venice as well as the emperors of germany and in some other heads of states differed from other christian sovereigns in this respect that instead of holding their high office by heredity or divine right they were installed therein by election at venice a conclave consisting of forty electors appointed by a much more numerous body of men of high position elected the doge or president of the most serene republic from the day when laurent tiepolo immediately after his election in twelve sixty eight was spontaneously carried in triumph by the venetian sailors it became the custom for a similar ovation to take place in honour of any newly elected Doge. in order to do this the workmen of the harbour had the new doge seated in a splendid palanquin and carried him on their shoulders in great pomp around the piazza san marco but another still more characteristic ceremony distinguished this magisterial election. On Ascension Day, the Doge, entering a magnificent gallery called the Boussainteur, which was elegantly equipped and resplendent with gold and precious stuffs, crossed the Grand Canal, went outside the town, and proceeded in the midst of a nautical cortege escorted by bands of music to the distance of about a league from the town on the Adriatic Gulf then the patriarch of venice gave his blessing to the sea and the doge taking the helm threw a gold ring into the water saying o sea i espouse thee in the name and in token of our true and perpetual sovereignty immediately the waters were strewed with flowers and the shouts of joy and the clapping of hands of the crowd were intermingled with the strains of instruments of music of all sorts Whilst the glorious sky of Venice smiled on the poetic scene. End of section thirty two. Recording by Donna Stewart, Seattle, Washington.